everyone, welcome to an action-packed adventure in retro gaming with ARG Presents. I'm your boy, your good buddy, Amigo Aaron, joined by a man fresh off his lawn mowing duty. Give it up for the Brent. Have you ever been to an actual golf course, Aaron? I've been, I've played actual golf. I no, no, say. no. I mean, I, I mean, like, not like a public course, a private course. No, I don't know. Was Ogilvy a private course? I've no. been there. No, then I've never been to one. No. All right. There, the, the, uh, landscaping for, uh, those private courses, immaculate. Yeah. Like, it's, it's incredibly impressive what they can do. I mean, to terraform the land. I mean, for, for good or ill, depending on how you look at things, but, uh, uh, the work those people put in to, for the results they get are I- incredible. It, they really is. Well, what a wacky, what a wacky thing to start the show with. Well, Jeez, I mean, ter- that's terraforming a golf course. <laughs> unsung heroes. This is an adventure man. in retro gaming. Un- unsung heroes. The, the uh, land crew for people for places. No one ever gives them any dap. It's unfair. Well, they deserve well, it. I think they work hard. That's sweet of you to uh, to give those people their due. You know who who's also uh, works hard. Uh, a good friend of ours, the Macintosh librarian, Kate Fox. If you haven't caught her show, tremendous show. You know, to get a Mac show over with me, you've done something, my friend. <laughs> or hate on it continuously. And Kate, Kate has done so. And she sent us this package right here. I'm going to go to full screen here if you're watching at home. Kate sent us this package here. And I want to open it up here and, and uh, show its contents because I think this is uh, awful nice of her. Uh, she sent me. She sent a card to me, you, and Bode. It says, uh, "It says, Bode, Aaron, and Brent, Merry Christmas. I hope you have a wonderful retro-filled holiday. Enjoy the figures, Kate Fox, aka the Macintosh Librarian. Look at that. There's a picture of Mackie right there. <laughs> That's uh, awesome. Brent. That's awesome. Now, so she Thank sent you very us. Much. She sent us each. I love these. I thought this was awesome. She sent us each our own Mackie. And there he is. I've got wacky Mackies to beat the band here. These are so cute. Uh, I, this is a money maker, in my opinion. Three little Mackies, uh, Brent. One That's for each awesome. of us. This will have a place on my uh, on my shelf uh, for many days to come. Just that in that cute little Mackie. Thank you, you very know, much. I, I, I know exactly. I, I'm putting that at work. And everyone will ask me what in the world it is, and I'll be able to tell yeah. them. Yeah, you've got to give Kate credit, if not just because she's a, uh, she knows exactly what she's talking about. Her shows, unlike say our show, is heavily thought out, scripted, with special effects that work, actual special effects by someone who knows what they're doing, and intelligence and history that are second to none. If you're a classic Mac fan. Uh, please check out the Macintosh Librarian. It's a tremendous show, and you can Google her or find her on YouTube and check her out. And she's and I, also been she's been a friend of our show for quite a while. I bet she never it. ever records while muted. No. <laughs> what are you saying? What are you What are you saying? What What a jerk! Speak. Speaking of your jerkery, let's talk about last week's show. We spun the wheel and we made the deal, the bizarre deal in this case. Uh, and Brent, the deal we made was to play something called the BAM, the Amstrad Mega 
PC. Now, yes, I love stuff with Mega in the title. That can't. That's because that means it's awesome, right? <laughs> but this is the Mega PC. We co- it comes to find out is a PC that someone gra- like basically grafted a Sega on. Yes, <laughs> effectively, <laughs> and that's what you've got there. And so that's what we're going to be playing. You know, the uh, uh, had you ever heard of this thing? I'm guessing not, since you picked it without knowing what it was. No, no, this, I'm pretty sure this was a suggestion uh, that was supposed to be for Thanks for Giving. Um, yeah. And, and it, it slid, since all that uh, flim flammery took place, it slid right onto a, a, a wheel piece and got spun up. No idea what it was. Had no clue. Never yeah. heard of them before. Super Tech Boy in chat writes, Alan Sugar and all his brilliance. I agree. And I will say, Alan Sugar is one of my faves. He looks sort of shifty, and he shifted his way into <laughs> big money. Uh, and, 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 and and not to mention, put out some good product. I mean, let's give the guy some credit. Uh, but uh, he, This is not he, among he, them. Yeah. <laughs> and plus, his name screams like shiftiness. I, I'm Alan Sugar, baby. You know, that's what it sounds like. It sounds like an old detective. For like one of those old, you know, radio dramas. So sugar, I looked it. You're here. I was like, yes. <laughs> I looked into uh, uh, what the you know first thing I wondered about the Mega uh, Amstrad Mega PC is what kind of freaking controller do you use on this thing? Well, it turns out you use that bad boy if you're watching at home. Uh, if not, what you what it looks like is a cream colored uh, 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 Genesis or Mega Drive controller. With Mega PC stamped on it, and a red start button. It's actually an, an interesting looking controller. Do you know why it looks like that? I don't. I assume so you can play Genesis games. It, it's because that is exactly what it is. <laughs> it's a rebranded Mega Drive yeah. controller. I sort of assume that. Yeah. So I looked up a few things on the uh, on the Mega PC, and we'll just go go through it real quick. Cause it's not there's not a whole lot to it. Of course, it is Amstrad, and lic- they licensed. A lot of people don't know that Sega would license off their the technology for the Genesis and, this, and the Mega Drive. They did this uh, several times. Uh, this came out in '93, Brent. Uh, it, it was it, it got released in Europe and Australia. At, it was not a, a huge uh, success. Uh, it was expensive, is why this came with the yeah. Microsoft's uh, uh, 5.0 for, uh, for Amstrad desktops, and this the PC side of this shipped. With a uh, Intel 386SX at 25 megahertz, and it had a, me- a one meg memory and a 40 meg hard drive SVGA card. It took standard stuff. And if you, I'll give uh, Neil over at RMC if you want to watch the nuts and bolts of the Amstrad Mega PC, he gets one of these things that's not working and gets in there and takes it apart and repairs it. No easy task, but Neil's always up to the challenge. That's the first place I've ever heard of this thing. Uh, and uh, when you look inside of it, the uh, uh, the Sega the Sega Mega Drive side is sort of like a big, almost like a big card or something. Yeah, on, it's on one. Ca- it's a it's a card. Yeah, full card. And, and then on the on the PC side, it's basically pretty much just like your proper PC. I think pe- I know for a fact that people were are jacking these things up with better processors, and I know it can take more memory. So I mean, I know they can be uh, they can be toyed with to get a better Windows experience in terms of the ability to run Windows ninety five and whatnot. And so, the, but the PC you can, so you can only go so far. You're not putting a a, a Pentium a Pentium uh, or a uh, 
or a, uh, uh, a Pentium 2 or anything in this thing. I mean, it's it's a, it's an older PC. Now, to it be fair, have, you can yeah. upgrade the, the Mega Drive side as well. It has really? an expansion port to add the CD-ROM for it. No kidding. Yeah. That's kind of neat. Uh, uh, <laughs> I, that I did not know. So look, good for you, Brent. You're jump, jumping on the grenade there. Yeah, there's a there. what it is, is under the cartridge slot, there is a, a little panel that you can take off, and yeah. it's just an exposed edge. And you uh, uh, plug a cable in there and plug in your uh, CD-ROM, and yeah. you have access to all that stuff as well. Yeah, the uh, the funny thing about this machine is if is you've got let's say you've got your PC on, uh, you've you've got Windows three eleven booted up or Windows ninety five whatever you're using, and then there's a sl there's a, a slider on the front of this thing. It's like a big sliding door, and yeah. when you slide the PC side shut, then there's a, a cartridge slot in there, and you plug in your Genesis cartridge, your Mega Drive cartridge. And then once it's plugged in, it instantly comes on. It's got an instant on if you put a cartridge on it. When you pull the cartridge off, out, it just instantly turns off the Genesis side. And if you slide back to the PC, it's right back where you left off. Uh, it, I mean, it's not like you can do stuff in the background while you play Mega Drive games, but it's it's pretty much... Well, that's not it, totally true, Aaron. I mean, you can... Let's say you are defragging your hard drive. That's something right. you did back in the day. And... and you're like, man, this sucks. I don't want to just sit here and watch this. If you slide the panel over, the PC is still working in the background. It's right, still doing I, its What thing. I'm saying is you can't flip back and forth between from Genesis to PC without actually going. Pulling you can't the card have both out. running. Yeah, yeah, right. right. So you can't like, it's not like you'd shrink a window or anything. No, like no. Now, something to also note, uh, what most people did, or from my understanding, uh, the little door that slides back and forth, yeah. All it does to switch between one and the other is when as you slide the door over, it hits a switch, and that's right. what kicks on the video for the other one. Most people will just take that door, that little sliding door, just pop it off, and that way they can just finger flip the switch back and forth. Because if you don't, the controller port is also in the front. And you can't slide the door over to go to the PC unless you unplug the controller. Oh, I see. Th that's horrible design. Horrible well, no, design. They, they, it's designed the way they wanted it. They didn't want you to slide it back and forth with a joystick. No, that's horrible design. But you shouldn't. I mean, I guess what I'm saying is you shouldn't need to do that because you can't use the Genesis side with joystick plugged in. So but, no, no, no. I can see why, can see why they saying. did it. You shouldn't, you, you shouldn't have to unplug the joystick Every time you want to go back to the PC side, that's stupid. Right. You should it's be able a, to leave the leave that plugged in, and you can. And all you have to do is pop off the the front door. Right. Right. The the uh, uh, these weren't that cheap. Right? No. <laughs> uh, I think they. I think when they came out, I think you were looking at somewhere in the ballpark of I want to say six hundred pounds. No. Or something like that. What up? Or is that when they is that when they these, dropped the price? Released, I know they dropped the price after like a month. That's yeah. why these released for one thousand pounds. Uh, yeah, but I mean, they, it didn't stay at that price very long at all before it dropped. Well, yeah, that's because everyone was like, "Are you kidding me?" <laughs> An old crappy computer for the time, and yeah. a, a, a and a Mega Drive for a thousand pounds. Are you? That's insane. Insane. Do you, do you think? Let me ask you a question. It's, uh, you're right. That is insane. Do you think if they'd strapped, let's say, a four eighty six twenty five in this thing, 
something more uh, up to the challenge on the PC side do you, and, and sold it for the same price? Do you think it would have sold better? Uh, well, here's the thing. They were going to do that. They were going to release a uh, Amstrad Mega Plus that was a 486 computer. And it, it, depending on who you listen to, because there are certainly uh, magazine articles talking about it um, or, or advertisements, but to everyone's knowledge, these never actually got produced. Uh, it, do I think it would have made a difference if they would have just released the 46 to begin with? No, uh, not at that price. I think it would have been more competitive. I think it would have been uh, uh, something that people would have at least considered before they laughed and walked away. But at that price, <laughs> even for a 46 at that time, with the way computer technology was constantly evolving. I mean, this is the early 90s. New processors and new chips were coming out every other week. So to lock yourself into such an expensive purchase that's not super upgradable. I mean, you can up you can put more RAM in it. You can upgrade the processor, but you can't take the motherboard out and put another motherboard in. Uh, so it does limit your upgrading. I no, I think this was just a bad idea from beginning to end. I will say the joke I read online was at the time you could have bought a better PC and the Sega Mega Drive separately and saved uh, hundreds of pounds. Yeah. <laughs> so <that's, clears throat> there, there you go. So yeah, it, it was they gave it a shot. It's an interesting idea. Uh, but it makes for an interesting uh, research, an interesting show. So, well, I mean, here's the other thing that needs to be noted is oh, it yeah. did come with a monitor that would uh, change its refresh rate and, and and whatnot when you switch between PC and uh, Genesis. So that was pretty good. I mean, when you play the Genesis part of it on this 14-inch monitor, it's as good as it's probably ever going to look. Because that's not something you can always do. Yeah. Uh, also, the only shared component between the computer side and the Genesis side, do you know what it is, Aaron? It's Is it the sound chip? It is the Yamaha sound yeah. chip. So, I mean, it, it wasn't like... I think if this was really integrated, I'm talking about almost to the point of emulation, something that is way more common today to do with PCs. Uh, that still took the carts, then maybe you would have had something. Or if yeah. it was all on one card, and you could take that card from one motherboard to another, you'd have a little bit more interest. I mean, they're highly sought after today because they were such an oddity. But uh, even with a, coming with a 14-inch monitor, two controllers, because it also came with an analog controller, f more for your PC gaming, uh, came with a keyboard, of course, and a mouse. Came with Windows uh, 3.0 and came with DOS. So they tried. I mean, it, they didn't... I don't think they went in there and... and well, I mean, they, it was a gimmick, obviously. But they, they tried to make the gimmick usable. I just don't think that people wanted the gimmick. And at the end of the day, when you're asking people to pony up that kind of money, even after the price drop, uh, which was significant. I mean, it dropped from a thousand to nine to eight to six to five. Quickly, uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. This is all in just the span of a couple of years. Uh, but it was still, 
you know, also, here's the other thing, and, and then we can move on. If you were a single person and you were the only one using your computer or your console, it, this is not so bad. But if little Jimmy wants to play his games and, 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 and Papa Smurf is over here doing spreadsheets, you can't both be doing it, right? So it locks up one of your modes of entertainment if you're using this in a family setting. It's yeah. just bad, bad, bad. I, it's it's like fighting over the TV back in the day when yes. you want to play some Odyssey 2. Yeah. yeah, you've got a point there. Still... Uh, a unique, uh, a unique computer in analyst history, and uh, as uh, one of our uh, ch uh, chat Dennis's points out, highly, highly uh, in demand these days due yeah. to its uniqueness. So, speaking of our our fine chatters, last week when we were talking over debating how to play the picking games on this thing, a, a fellow named uh, Co Brian suggested that we play games that were available for both the PC and the Mega Drive side of this. And I took that to heart. Uh, and I'll, I'll lead the dance this week, Brent. All right. Uh, because uh, the game I picked was actually available. This is a game that you could have got the cartridge and the, uh, and the disc for and played them on both sides simultaneously uh, if you wanted. And it was a European exclusive on the Mega Drive. Uh, and that game is the ever-popular Sink or Swim. Sink or Swim. Now, I'd never heard of this one, Brent. I'll be honest with you. I hadn't but, either. But, and so I, but I picked it on the basis of its availability, and it's also meeting the criteria that I had set up. Uh, this game is known by different titles on different systems and in different parts of the world. Uh, the alternate titles... Uh, on the on basically, if you're playing this on a Sega, uh, on a Sega Mega Drive in Europe, and I didn't go with this title in the show for the, but but this is what it is. It's called the SS Lucifer Man Overboard. So that, if you want to play a game with Lucifer in the title, <laughs> there you go. This got released on the NES under the title SOS Sink or Swim. Uh, and on DOS, this got released as Sink or Swim. So I, I played the DOS version of this, but I had a look at the the uh, at the G Genesis version. I had a quick look at the uh, Super Nintendo version as well. This offering uh, came out in 93, of course, developed by Zeppelin Games. Uh, Zeppelin Games, I know them for their uh, uh, interesting Jockey Wilson's darts. If you are an Amigos <laughs> fan... You know, we love Jockey Wilson. What an odd, what a crazy character that ended up. It didn't end up great, but Jockey was a, a colorful man. Uh, and his dart game, which is not great, but it got us to look into Jockey Wilson. They also did an F1 game, and they also did a couple. Of, uh, they did two games in the Arnie series, which is like Arnold Schwarzenegger ripoff. They developed and published this bad boy. Uh, I should mention that along with the things I mentioned, this also had a Game Gear release and a... Uh, uh, and an Amiga release, so this one they this one got kicked around a lot for a game that really doesn't don't get talked about too often. Um, it's programmed for DOS by Andrew Drake and Ian Copeland, uh, and uh, had some good had uh, music in it uh, and sound effects uh, from Alex uh, Aldroyd and Neil Crossy. I haven't 
these guys didn't turn up too often when I looked at who they were. So I don't know how, I guess they did a lot of work for Zeppelin. Zeppelin's not a company that's like, I think it's synonymous with what I would call good games. I looked over their library and I was not, I wasn't super impressed. I'll, I'll be honest with you, but I did look at it. So this game on the box is, is billed as a cross between Lemmings, Rainbow Island, and the Poseidon Adventure. <laughs> that's the tagline. That's your tagline right there. All righty. <laughs> Think about those three things. Lemmings, Rainbow Islands, and the Poseidon Adventure. That's what you've got here. So what what the heck is this crazy game? Well, SOS is a puzzle is a puzzle game. It's sort of it's called an action. Puzzle sure platform. Bo, Bo could come up with this and they had action puzzle platformer. Uh you play a fellow named Kevin Codner. Now this is supposed to be a play on Kevin Costner, okay, Obviously. action star, and you're and uh, in the sixty levels provided in the DOS version of this, you are to go through this sinking ship and rescue passengers. The passengers are referred to as Dim Passengers. This was supposed to be a hilarious pun on Kim Bassinger. Don't ask me why, but that's documented the thing. So there you go. The game starts off with a pretty interesting uh, opening of the. Uh, you're still in the USS Lucifer in this game. Just it's just not in the title. And the USS Lucifer uh, is uh, is going through uh, the ocean, and the captain is in a bathtub taking a bath, and you get an all unto uh, uh, all uncomfortable look at the captain in the bathtub. It looks like he's just going to jump right out of the bathtub in all of his glory. But anyway, he pops the cork. He takes the plunge, the, the stopper out of his bathtub. And when he does that, the boat starts filling up with water. That's So there's no, there's no iceberg. There's none of that crap. He just literally pulls the plug. This is a, a, clearly the plumbing in this was not, not so good. And so it's up to you, Kevin Codner, to go through and rescue everyone on the ship because presumably the crew has left. So how do you do that? Well, the game is actually, the controls are pretty intuitive. I ended up playing this with the keyboard instead of the joystick. Mm. Uh, but the controls on this, you've got your, you know, your arrow keys or your joystick up, down, left, right. Then you can do a few other things. Uh, you can drop a bomb. Uh, you can release a raft uh, when they're available. Uh, and you can fix pipes when when that's available. Most of the time, you're just going up, down, left, right, and using your space bar as your action button. So Kevin Codner uh, in this game, the levels are set up just like a Lemmings. It's just each level is its own self-contained level. Uh, there, are, like I said, there are sixty levels. That when you start the first level, you'll see like a, a cross section of the USS Lucifer that's split into little squares, and every square you finish that it turns that square red and that means you've completed that. So you're trying to get through the whole ship. That's sort of the gimmick. You start at the one side, go to the other. Um, the levels are interesting. The, the passengers look like little, they look like little mean jeans. Basically they look like uh, little, they're little bald guys with mustaches. They all look the same, which I thought was, I mean, in a lemmings uh, 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 way, they just look like they are, they they're, every pasture on this boat looks identical, which I thought was odd. Uh, you go around with Kevin, and what you're trying to do is just re- is get, lead these uh, passengers to the exit. Okay, that, it's, it's that simple. Along the way, there are uh, obstacles that will prevent these idiots from going to the exit. And I do mean idiots. These guys are every bit as stupid as the lemmings. 
but with, they don't have any actual skill like the lemmings. Like the lemmings, you can be you can make them do something intelligent. These guys can do nothing. They're idiots. Uh, and so, for example, in the first level, the only thing you need to do is blow up one like bulkhead, and then they it, the idiots will run out the exit. That's the level. That's all and there is flip to the it. switch because there's a conveyor belt right, that they right, can't right, get right. across. Well, the, and that's <clears throat> and basically this game is the embodiment of rinse and repeat. I mean, there. I was surprised. There's two things that surprised me, Brent. You know, I'm not... When I picked this, I didn't know it was a puzzle game. (laughs) Okay, because, you know, I don't usually pick puzzle games. But uh, uh, the two things that surprised me about this game were, one, I could actually get somewhere in it. And two, two, there wasn't um, a lot... It wasn't that complicated. I mean, don't get me wrong. I, I I didn't beat it, but I did get I did get fairly far into it. I mean, surprisingly far, uh, if you want the truth. And a lot of the game is is, is I would say sort of common sense. You've got you, if you if you understand that the passengers are idiots, uh, it makes the game a lot easier because they can't do anything unless you help them along the way. And that's the the, the, the in terms of lemmings, this really isn't. All, I mean, yeah, there's some, it's sort of like Lemmings, but it's it's not exactly like Lemmings because the levels are made up in a different way. Uh, and, and there's a limited amount of uh, things you have to cope with. You know, it's I'd say it's like the dumb guy's version of Lemmings. And it's it, being a dumb guy that was perfect for me. Uh, occasionally, you'll have to uh, run, jump over uh, chasms, jump on ropes. Like I said, so instead of just hitting switches to manipulate a, a conveyor belt on or off, Sometimes you have to literally switch the thing on or off to avoid the the dumb pastures to get smushed by these smushing machines that will come down and and squash them. Uh, different levels require a different amount of prisoners to live, just like lemmings. So sometimes you only have to get one guy out. Sometimes you have to get them all out. Sometimes it's a number in the middle. Uh, there are also levels that you are uh, need you need to manipulate a crane uh, w- w- that will pick up crates. And uh, again, this isn't something you haven't seen in any other games. You take this crane and you use a uh, you use your uh, joystick to sort of manipulate where the crane goes. It'll pick up a crate, then you can drop it. And often, this is used to say get guys over uh, fire or make little platforms so they can get the stuff. I will say some of the crane stuff get that's probably the headiest parts of the game because aside from uh, just the puzzle elements, there's a lot of timing stuff. Where you have to time where you do stuff. I mean, so it, there's a reflex uh, that's involved in playing this game that that isn't in every puzzle game. This isn't the kind of thing you just sit relaxingly deep in your armchair and just hope you're going to get through it. You're going to have to actually, and so is this. So, like I said, there's some action elements to it that require you to really get in there and manipulate stuff in real time. Uh, there are plenty of levels where you have to uh, throw oxygen tanks down to the guys as they as they uh, uh because they'll drown and then they use these things to fly around there's sometimes where you have to drop a raft down in there to save them uh the uh, uh the truth of the matter is i watched the guy go through this whole game and i i don't did you did you get to play this for any length of time yeah i played it for a while uh, did you do you recall how far in you got uh it was it was in the teens i got i got up into the into the 20s yeah, uh, I didn't. I didn't. I just was like, okay, I understand what's going on because it does yeah. get repetitive. Yeah, and I, and I got into the twenties, and I thought to myself, you know, this, uh, and and some. I'm not gonna sit here and say no level forced me to really think, 
But I mean, I, I, I it was actually for me, this was pretty much right in my wheelhouse. I felt pretty good about this one. Uh, there's some quirks to this game. When you die, there's just sinister laughter. I never understood what what that was all about. And when the pastors die and you lose a level, there's this noise that the game makes. It's louder than anything else in the game. And it's jarring as hell. It's yeah. like, what the heck was it's that? It's actually off-putting. It's, it is. It's, it's, it doesn't fit the game at all. It really doesn't fit the game in any way. Uh, you have to use your bombs in a in a in a cagey way sometimes. Uh, to aside from just blowing up bulkheads, you'll, sometimes you'll have to blow up boxes. There's also areas where you have to manipulate the floor, like the platforms on the floor on or off. Uh, there's even areas where you have to kind of swim down. I enjoyed the game. I really say the graphics are are cute. Yeah. Uh, I think they uh, they're uh, they're well done. They, it looks good. The sound is the the uh, music. It has level music that's good. You know, I mean, it's not like you're gonna. It's not like Turek and Two, but it's not bad. I mean, it's the music. It fits the game. Uh, I kind of wish the passengers would have would look different, but I guess that's just that was just the way they chose to do it. I like the fact that your guy can shimmy across pipes when he has to. There, your guy's actually pretty handy. The elements where you're fixing pipes, there's a lot of areas in the game where there's steam coming out of these overhead pipes, and your guy has to go up and patch the steam. That's I thought that was kind of a neat. Uh, element that's sort of the last thing they introduce as an element and it's and it's it's not that big a deal is it but i mean it's something but it's still it's okay but it's not like it's earth shaking uh the uh, console versions this got more levels uh they got a hundred uh the dos version does not uh again these this is also uh these levels are just like lemmings they've got a password you get after every level so later on you can skip levels uh if you if you want if you've got the password I read that the Genesis version of this has 100 levels, but only gives you a password every five levels. And the funny thing is, there are passwords that exist for the other levels. They just don't give them to you. Yeah. <laughs> thought that was kind of thought that was kind of goofy. Um, <clears throat> doing a little research on this, it's funny. I was looking on Moby, and they've got and they every all their entries have a little trivia section. And the trivia section just I thought was funny. They said the game took nine or ten months of hard development, and according to uh, one of the guys who uh, were, the, were the original developers on this, Andrew Drake, uh, the original developers has never received received any royalties for the game. <laughs> oh, <laughs> said, he said despite the fact he was offered a chance to port the game over to the PC, he refused because he couldn't afford to buy a PC. <laughs> That's. I've never heard such a thing. That's cheap. These people pay these suckers. How can they afford it if they don't? If they can't afford to buy a PC. So, Britt, what were your thoughts on this quirky, uh, puzzly platformer? Well, there's there's no denying that even even in the first level, you're like, oh, this is kind of like Lemmings, and I mean, it is, but it's not. Uh, you are guiding. It's like Lemmings. If instead of being able to give the lemmings power, there was one main lemming that had all the power, and yeah. and that's that's sort of what you are. And oh, by the way, there were four powers. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> as opposed to twenty. Yeah, yeah, and it's it's cute. The graphics are cute. Uh, outside of the the dying sound effect, this sounds fine. This is a wonderful example of a middle-of-the-road game. Uh, 
it does everything just well enough to not be annoying, uh, but it never does anything so mind blowing that you can't stop talking about it. Um, yeah. Do I think you should play this game? Absolutely. Uh, I it's especially if you like platform puzzlers uh it, it's a good baby's first platform puzzler nothing on this is gonna blow your mind and there are it re, i think it leans heavier on reaction and uh platforming than it relies on the puzzle aspect and that's not bad uh but it doesn't it doesn't stress out either of them Although there's um, I, really there's really no platforming elements, but like you're not gonna unless you say fall in fire, you're the platforming of this is you're not gonna die from falling and stuff like that. So I mean that that's well, so, it's there, but and you have to do it, but it's not like it's not like say you're like a Mario or something. You know? No, no, no. But there there are times when you have to swing on ropes and you have to time your jump to get on and off the rope and that kind By of. By the thing. way, swinging on that rope the first time you did it, what a weird feeling, right? Because it feels <laughs> like you're just not gonna catch it. Yeah. It's a very odd graphic as he gets hold of the rope. Uh, yeah, I, I agree. Yeah, yeah, I think that your assessment's pretty much straight on. On behalf of Baby, as Baby's first uh, puzzler, this was this was my speed in terms of puzzles. I, yeah. I I thought it was fun. I enjoyed it a lot more than I thought I would. I'll be honest. Like I said, when I found out what it was, I'm like, oh my god, what have I done? But it was it was interesting, and and I will say the the amusing graphics and the sound and the water effects are pretty good. I'd say for a DOS game of this year, it's quite an attractive game. To, to be honest with you, it oh, looks I mean, sure. it looks like an Amiga game the, the, uh, in a lot of ways. And all the scrolling is good. Yeah, uh, and the it uses an up to jump mechanic, but it's not yeah. actually up. You have to press up and left or up and right to jump. Yeah, you which, can't jump straight up. Which that is, it's kind of weird. That's, that's uh, sort of like Gods is like that, as I recall. You, you don't jump straight up; you can jump left and right. Yeah. And it's it doesn't take but maybe you know five or ten minutes to get used to, and then it yeah. pretty much becomes second nature. But that's the worst control aspect of the game. Yeah, Everything else controlled. controls fine. Yeah, uh, but it, it is what it is. It, it's it's a simple platform puzzler that will uh, you'll want to try to save all the passengers because they're they, they're kind of like a uh, like a. Uh, almost like a a funny uncle type appearance that yeah. you you feel compelled to not let them die. Plus, the sound effect is is uh makes you really feel compelled not to let them die. And they panic and they wave their arms around. Yeah. So, is, is this game good? It's it's okay. It's okay, and it's okay for it to be okay. I think it's worth, like I said, if platform puzzlers are your thing. Uh, this isn't going to blow your mind, but if you want to get into pa- platform puzzlers, this is a great place to start. I, I agree with that. You know, uh, it's funny. I, I checked this out on the Super Nintendo. It looks real good. It's it's got it, not only is it better looking than the than the PC counterpart. It's also got uh, multi planar scrolling, like in the background. You can just, like cracks in the boat and stuff reveal different air play areas. You know, you can't sure. go to them. They just look cool. So the, they the, the Super Nintendo version they spiced it up considerably. But I mean, effectively, it's the same game except you get a lot more levels. So really, that's the one to go with. You know, when I was pricing this thing, Brent, I came across something kind of strange. Uh, uh, a lot of these, uh, the ones I was because I was trying to get the prices on the various consoles, and 
and the and the uh, computer, and it was difficult because a lot of the uh, a lot of the console releases just have the wrong description uh, uh, because they've they've gotten this game confused with another uh, game called SOS. Uh, SOS is another game where, you, and even the descriptions are kind of confusing because in that game you're a guy that's rescuing people from a sinking ship. All right. But the difference is it's an action platformer. And what gets me is it says like you could you get to pick which character you want. You've got to rescue your sister and stuff. And I looked this other game up and it, this other game looks pretty good, too, by the way. I've never heard of it. It's a Super Nintendo game where you run around in a sinking ship uh, and the uh, the the aspect of it's all askew, you know. So if you're trying to price this, you're trying to buy this. Uh, be careful. Because you may want to make sure you're getting Sink or Swim or SOS Sink or Swim and not the other SOS. Don't buy because, this. <laughs> no, I mean, okay, the thing is, people will just go to Wiki and they just take oh, the yeah, description and stick it down there, you know? So I hate that. Uh, I did find this. If you want the PC version of this, it's pretty cheap. You can get the CD uh, and the case for 5 bucks, and you can get the uh, the boxed version is 15 bucks. Not too bad. Uh, I will say I did find a couple reviews on this. Uh, and they were uh, they weren't <laughs> they weren't the best. Uh, Wiz gave this thing four stars. A PC player out of Germany gave it fifty eight out of a hundred. So you <laughs> your mileage. No, may vary. I mean this is better than that. Well, again, uh, we just had this thing happen on uh, ARG or on the uh, Amigos. Some of these places, and fifty eight out of a hundred means slightly above average. It's it's real it's real hard to figure out some of these freaking that. Uh, game review things and that I that is why you don't have a system that has a hundred numbers in it well they, <laughs> there there you go uh we didn't get any action on discord this week i, I kind of thought we might uh to be honest with you but no one no one uh tried to play this one so there you go uh sink or swim an interesting title i kind of got lucky i feel like on this brent because it could have been much much worse but i, yes, I didn't agreed. i didn't i did enjoy this one now uh what did you uh, bring to the table this week? And I, I hope you get into the how you picked your game and the, the whole mystery behind it. Well, I, I wanted to pick something where, being that it was part of the Amstrad Mega PC meant something, right? Because at the end of the day, this is just a DOS box with a, a, a Mega Drive shoved into it. Right. So I thought, okay, what can I do to try to at least tie it back to the Amstrad. And I decided to see what came bundled with this system. Yeah. And in uh, in the UK, nothing. Nothing came bundled with this system, ever. And But the Australian release, they did bundle in some games. They bundled in Jimmy White's Whirlwind Snooker. Great game. Prince of Persia. Great game. F-15 Strike Eagle 2. Uh, the uh, uh, steel. Or, I'm sorry. It was a uh, elite plus. Yeah, and they packed in uh, steel empire. Yeah, and then the game that I picked, which was Links: The Challenge of Golf. <laughs> the Challenge of Golf. Why that one, Bridge? Just because uh, it was packed in. That's that's it, right? But I mean, of the of the six, what drew you to Links? Well, I mean. Jimmy White Snooker has been looked into. Yeah. F fifteen Strike Eagle two has been looked into. We did. Is that what we did on? We did that when we uh, on the on the marathon couple years <laughs> yeah. ago, didn't we? We really cheesed out on that one, didn't we? <laughs> Prince of Persia looked into. Yeah, so you're right. I, 
I, I was right. I was uh, elite. We've that's been looked into. So it was really the between uh, uh, Steel Empire and, and and golf. So I thought, ah, oh, let's go golf. <laughs> to be fair, we looked at the links too on the Amiga, but I'm not gonna hold it against you. I like the idea that, and you should mention that that the mystery of trying to find the box. We couldn't figure out what the elite one was, and so we yeah. had a, a, a bunch of people going after it, trying to figure out what the box was. So that was kind of fun on Discord. Yeah, uh, my uh, my hats off to the folks in Discord that was able to figure it out because if you look up like pack ins for the Amstrad Mega, and no nothing, uh, I, I found an advertisement that had them pictured, took a picture of the picture, posted in Discord. I was like, okay, guys. I think I've got like four of these. I know for sure. One of them I'm not sure about. One of them I have no idea. And and chat was able to figure out, or Discord was able to figure out uh, Elite Plus because the Elite Plus box art is just, it's just the dirt worst. You know, I got to give you credit for being so clever and for taking the initiative to go find this bundle. And I agree, uh, I agree with uh, Duke and Chat. That's a that's a darn good pack. Those are some well, games it, you're getting right there. It is until you realize that the this was released in like 1994. Yeah, that is so true. So these games are, you know, they're not they're old. Their, they're not. But at still, their if you're going to get old games, those are some good old games right there. Exactly. So let's dig into Links: The Challenge of Golf, and obviously, you know, just by the title, this is a golf game. But this is the golf game of the 90s and the reason why i say that is a lot of golf games up to this point were very uh arcade style it wasn't about picking your clubs or hitting the ball it was all about just timing the meters you hit it when you hit it you go you get in the rough who cares the rough's pretty much exactly like fairway you just go on with life links took it to exciting new levels so much so that the pack-in course, the, the course that comes with the game, Tory Tory Pines South, uh, they went and and took pictures, aerial photos, and played the course, uh, you know, dozens of times, taking pictures of all the uh, foliage and and the animals that were in this area, and digitized it all into this one package, which it, you know, at this time unheard of unheard of that they would go through this much effort and it, it, the end result is the game looks amazing uh for a 1990s game uh when it it is fully drawn in and you look at the course you could you could say yeah if you had been to this course oh yeah i remember this there's that tree is right where they say it is it's exactly where it's supposed to be so they really went out of their way to make this a golf simulation rather than an arcade golf game. And to that point, there are pluses and minuses. If you don't know anything about golf, uh, you're in trouble because your club selection is very much dependent on how well you do in the game. Also, things like uh, punching your shot, or how much lift you're going to get off a certain club, all come into play. They really tried to go for realism. Thumbs up for that. Uh, it was something that certainly wasn't being done at the time. And this game was your your father's video game. This is what he played. Because there are many, many, many stories out there where 
you'd show up to work after a weekend of playing some Lynx golf, and you would talk about how well you did, just like if you were on an actual golf course. You know, oh, yeah, I was like, I was plus 30 this week. Uh, you know, my score's really coming down. And even in Discord, we had a conversation about uh, someone who was doing so much better, better than his buddy. And it turns out that uh, his father was using the, was playing it on a 286, and his buddy was playing on a 386, and that made the swing meter go faster. So the, the other guy was playing at a disadvantage. But those types of conversations were pretty common when this was really hot and heavy. Uh, how does the game hold up to this, you know, through the annals of time? Very poorly. Um, the unfortunate side of links to get those beautiful graphics, to get those amazing course details, the game draws everything uh, before each shot. And that wouldn't be so bad if that's all it was. But if you have to turn your character left or right to uh, better line up a shot, first of all, you can't do it in real time. You have to put on a, a counter, like, I need to turn 20 segments to the left. How long is a segment? Who knows? What do these numbers really mean? You have no idea. You're just kind of punching it in. And every time that you turn your golfer left or right, to line up a shot, it redraws the graphics. So if you move 20 segments to the left, figure out that uh, that was too far. You, know, you have to set through the whole redraw. And then it's like, man, I need to go like four segments back to the right. And it redraws the whole screen. And then you're like, ah, no, no, two more to the left. And it redraws the whole screen. And it makes the game incredibly tedious even on a faster processor i was trying to play it with a 386 because that's what would have came with a uh with the amstrad mega pc uh which is better because like i said some people were playing this on 286 even with that little bump in speed it was painful every shot was painful i tr i made it through a whole 18 holes and my <laughs> well score done. for the first four holes, I was trying to get used to everything. So I was, you know, somewhere between uh, uh, plus four and plus five because it, it's it's hard. And then I kind of got in my groove and I was hitting pars or bogeys for about the next four or five holes. And then my back nine was just plus 10, plus 14. And it's not, I mean, some of it's because the holes got harder. But more than anything else, I got so sick of trying to line up shots, I just hit the ball, hit the ball, hit the ball. And when you're not taking the time to line up and have those redraws happen, you just absolutely get sick of watching it all, and you just go and you don't care anymore. Uh, this would be something... Back in the day, revolutionary, mind-blowing. It won tons of awards uh, when it came out for its graphics. The reviews for this game are 80s and 90s almost across the board. It was big time, but this is one of those games, and it, it happens every once in a while, uh, where going back to it is just so painful. I can't recommend it. I can't recommend playing this, even if it's loaded up, 
on someone's system waiting for you to play, I can't recommend it because there is so many better golf games out now. And what made this thing special back in the day is now a huge hindrance on how it plays. Aaron, what's your opinion on it? You know, uh, me and the boat played this on Amigos a while back. And of course, I grew up playing Access Software's uh, golf games with a leaderboard, world-class leaderboard, which they're, they're, this is very similar. It's funny, Lynx, the challenge of golf, is sort of that middle child between uh, the world-class leaderboard, leaderboard golf, and then their Access Software's future uh, uh, offerings like Lynx 36 CD, Lynx uh, Pro, where they so- they really smoothed out all this uh, waiting around for it to draw. I mean, that's not a factor in the in the. Of course, you're dealing with the machines that are more powerful. This is the classic example of a game that is uh, uh, it's going to play its game, and it and whatever system you're on, it's just you just have to wait for it to chug because it's you know, and it's a beautiful game. This is the Lynx games were perfect for box art. Yes. Look at them. You're like, holy God, look at them. You can see the ocean, the trees, gorgeous. Tory Pines, by the way, I'm going to agree with you. The the back nine of Tory Pines, God knows I've played it enough. It it came from the USS Lucifer. It was trained with that designs (laughs) because it is a vicious back nine. But uh, yeah, this is, you know, I'd say I'm more tolerant of the drawing than you are just because I got so used to it over the years. This was not, in fact, this is faster than world-class leaderboard and leaderboard drew in a lot faster, uh, but it's still slow, and it's hard to build up a good rhythm in this game. And uh, something else about these games is that uh, uh, they're difficult. They This is not uh, Neo Turf Masters. Uh, you are, It's a hard game. <clears throat> it's a well, realistic simulation. Hard, yeah. Right, and, and uh, now I will say you've got all the, there are tons of stuff in this that I like. Uh, I love this is the traditional swing meter that access uh, sort of spearheaded and I, and I'm used to it. I know how it works and I can use it, you know, I, so there's that. Uh, and I'm used to the, like you said, punch shots and stuff. This no game did punch shots better than the access games. Cause I always, I, I always used to use those. That was my, uh, just off the green shot, man. The old, get the old punch going with your, uh, with your, uh, uh, you know, with, with one of your wedges. Uh, but uh, th- I think this game's okay, to be honest with you. Uh, the uh, um, uh, it doesn't have. It's just got. Uh, I believe this one only had Tory Pines, and that's it, right? It's a golf course, and you could buy extras. Is that you could buy works? extra courses, but yeah, this only came with one course, which yeah. is another downfall. But I mean, it has. Uh, uh, also, it has sound effects from the golf course. Different bird chirps are. Uh, accurate to where you play um things like patented uh, access software noises yeah. when you play golf you know you've got to have access you've got there's a frog there's a bug there's yeah. a crooked somewhere you know there's a bird you know and, and it's <laughs> some huge man all their games have it too yeah this this plays better and this is my opinion this plays better on the amiga uh the the links course it came out on the amiga several years later uh, then this, I think it came out in 92. Yeah, the the, the DOS release for this was 1990. Yeah. The Amiga release was 1992. 
And then the Sega CD release was 1994. Have this you ever, exact have game. you tried that one? I wonder I how that plays not. on the Sega CD. I may have to give that a whirl just to see how, how how that thing renders. I'd wager it's very similar to the Amiga version. Uh, truth be told, uh, I was I was okay with the shot selection clubs the whole night. I didn't have any trouble with that. It's funny. I went ahead just to see because uh, I wasn't really sure at first which links we were playing. And I had, thanks to ExoDOS, I had a uh, uh, Lynx 386 CD. And so I tried that it's a much one. much better game. Well, it, the difference between the two, and I think it came out in 95. The difference between the two is, is, is stark. It's unbelievably different. Uh, no draw in. Tons more courses. The funny thing about it is, uh, by the way, it's got overhead. If you have the CDs for the courses, they have o- digitized flyovers, the holes, so you can see where yeah. they're at. One thing that they both share in common, though, is that it's sometimes difficult to t- figure out where you're at and where you're where you're supposed to go, and it's yeah. much worse in Sega 3D6 than it is in this. That was, and that's funny because that was never a huge problem in in, in world class leaderboard. But as they get more court stuff, you know, or more uh, golf course stuff, it may you know there's a lot more crap in the way, scenery and whatnot. But that was one problem I always had. I found I like the putting grid. I've always liked that. Uh, so I've never had you know putting. I thought was okay. I mean, this is realistic. The putting in this is a lot tougher than a, in a sort of an arcadey game because you'll hit a you'll have a, a, a something that looks like maybe a two or three foot putt, but the grade will be unbelievable, and you know it'll scoot right down the hill, and you could kill yourself trying to put these balls in. Yeah, you know, and so this the grid in this uh, the grids upgraded as time went on, and the upgraded grids where it more accurately show slopes uh is is tremendously better i hated the grid in this it shows so little information yeah well i mean again it's just i guess i'm just used to it you know what i mean uh but overall as far as golf games go i mean i think Lynx is okay like i said i think it plays better on the amiga uh, and i think you're better served with the with the the Lynx 386 it is funny that this shipped with a 386 uh, but of course, uh, I guess it came out a couple years earlier, uh, too early for the Lynx 3D6. Game. Oh no, 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 no! This bundle, uh, you'll see it come up again and again for yeah. different uh, PCs. It's a pretty standard buzz. Uh, bundle. They usually take some games out and put others in. Yeah. But uh, the Amstrad having six titles, that's actually pretty rare for this bundle. Most bundles are four games, but those six games are, in a lot of bundles, just different parts of them. Uh, so the reason why they didn't have a, the newer version in is that wasn't part of the bundle that they were pushing for different PCs and whatnot. So that that's why you didn't get the newer game. It wasn't a matter of release date, because Link's... 386 came out in 92. No, it and came this, out, Oh, yeah. No, okay. The least one I played came out in 95. Okay, uh, the, well... Link CD. Okay, yeah, but Link's 386, which <laughs> have still have been newer than this one, yeah. uh, was already on the market when this got released. I see. So this fits in with the bundle of a bunch of old crap. It, yeah, hey, it, it does. I know. Are the games good? Heck, yeah. That bundle would have, been, would have been awesome, you know, in, in 1990, 91... Yeah. It would have been mind blowing in ninety like five or whatever when this was actually released. Not so much, but it's still you know all those are games. <laughs> the, you know, uh, there's no one, huge stinker. One would wonder if they ever put together a mixed bundle. 
You know what I'm saying? With some Genesis games in there. No. I looked like crazy. The yeah. only other bundles that came out for the uh, Amstrad and Mega Pro was bundles like Typing Tutors or uh, Spreadsheet Software. Uh, it did come... All the, all the systems that I, I looked at had uh, Windows 3.0, uh, DOS 6.22, some wacky uh amstrad mega pro only inter like graphical interface that no one would ever use if they had access to windows uh and then like i said there were typing tutors there were uh spreadsheet programs that sort of thing nothing i saw ever came with a genesis card i think i think that's see that's where they dropped the ball i mean in one of the many places but think about <laughs> think about it and uh, you had the opportunity to do bundles that no one else could do and you, there were plenty of Genesis cartridges or Mega Drive cartridges available that you could have bundled with this old software. But that, that at least then people would say, you could say, look, you're getting both, you know, uh, and you, like you could pick, uh, uh, you know, a select titles from both systems. And, and that would be a real unique selling point. You're you right. Know? It would have been. Uh, but nothing was going to save this ball. I, this ball was 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 flat on arrival. Uh and the only way they could have ever made any ground is if they had some kind of Genesis exclusive that uh, took somehow took advantage of either the and it monitor, yeah, or you know something like that to to boost higher graphics or you know better play. Uh, this was just it was a it was a bad idea from beginning to end when you really take a look at it. Now, of course, we have a little bit of hindsight. Maybe when they thought of this idea, there was something going on in the world that made this make more sense. But no, I, the, uh, unfortunately, the Amstrad Mega is not very mega at all. You know, it's it's funny because this is this falls into that bizarre category of PC console, console combos. There aren't that many. Uh, I recall the 3DO blaster, which would you could let you it was basically effectively turn your PC into a 3DO was yeah. available briefly. I played Creative was behind that, and I believe there was a, a Sega Saturn card that that was sold for uh, in, like in Japan, something that you could get briefly get that. Uh, but it's a, it is a rarity. I think if me and you had been around back in the day, we could have made this thing work. I think we put I think we put some good ideas together here, man. Uh, you're right. I, I hadn't thought about it, but if you could also push the quality of the video visuals on the master system with that monitor. Cause you did get the best possible visuals out of that thing. Yeah. I think that was, that's another good way to go. Did, uh, did you get any reviews or anything on this thing? Uh, like I said, the magazine reviews for this were all in the, uh, eighties and nineties outside of a few outliers. Uh, and most of those were people doing retro reviews. And of course a retro review of this doesn't hold up well, but at the time it was, it was off the chart. It's good. Yeah, I am looking at some reviews here, and they are. You're right. Everything's uh, it's high, and it won awards too. It gets this one. It, yeah, it won the uh, the Computer Gaming World Action Game of the Year. Yeah, that makes no sense. How did that happen? <laughs> the Action Game of the Year. There's. Yeah. What? What an odd one. Well, I mean, sometimes the check clears, and and, and they they put the wrong game on the memo line. So. <laughs> well, there you go. Well. Speaking of the check clearing, the check cleared, Brent, and I've added the uh, appropriate pieces to the wheel, my friend. 
Let's get this sucker going. What did you add? You know, I didn't even tell you, did I? You did like, not. We had other this, things going on at the beginning of the show. This week, I have added High Score Challenge, Brent. So you can oh, explain what like that is. I feel like we just did one of those. Well, <laughs> yeah, no kidding. And then uh, we've also, for the for the uh, classic, the Retro Rewind, I've got Atari you ST, go. your favorite, back on the back on the thing here. Wow, is, that is... <laughs> yeah, it's got to be back. Oh, we have you no. Think about it. We haven't had the, this piece on for a long time, so it's back. Hey, it's a random pick. I can't. I can't do anything about it. Here we go. <laughs> Why? Would you stall? <laughs> okay, you in the chat. This is your time to shine, Brent. The wheel has landed on chat subject challenge. Oh, okay. Explain People what that means. Chat, we're not looking for necessarily a system. We're not necessarily looking for a for a uh, game. We're looking for a like food games or games about construction uh, or games from a developer. Let's let's see. You guys, uh, we're gonna give the chat a few minutes. So while while they're uh, Coming up with something. We're going to take the consensus so you guys can lobby each other. We're going to give oh, you a few no, minutes. We're not doing golf games. Duncan Styles gets gets the Action <laughs> Game of the Year award for dumb actions with that little comment. Oh, so, all right. <clears throat> I like that. Britt, uh, you know, I, I will the, pull up a random number generator here while chat goes nuts. Okay. While you do that, I want to show off a couple things here. Um, Boat has just gotten our new magnets out. And these things are very sharp. Look at that. Oh, Brent. look at those. Those are Isn't brilliant. That nice. That's the uh, so that's from the game selection committee. And then here is the uh, 2020 Amiga supporters and the uh, all Christmas cards. <clears throat> I think I'm okay to show this. So I'm going to put it up because I thought it looked awesome. Here we go. <laughs> yes. Have you seen that? That's, I demand a reindeer suit. I love that. Uh, this is great. So uh, we want to thank everybody. And, and Boat also tells me that if you that if you want one of the people that got a magnet uh, or we need a magnet to add to your collection that you missed, those are some of those are up for sale. So uh, drop me a note uh, and uh, or uh, drop Boat a note, and we will see if we can set you up. Uh, so magnets always fun, and uh, 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 these are beautiful. Well done magnets. We love those. Have we got anything cooking here in the chat, Brent? How are we looking we, here? We got they're, they're firing stuff plenty off. Plenty of suggestions. They? So I'm going to give chat uh, say 20 more seconds, and then I'm going to call it off. And then I'm going to uh, random number generate based off the number of selections, and then I'll just uh, we'll do the selection that it lands on. Okay. While you're while you're waiting, I also want to show off. I just got this in the mail, uh, Brent. Uh, our good buddy Neil. Uh, I've ordered this off his Kickstarter. This is his retro tea breaks. It's selected interviews volume one. Uh, if you haven't, if you haven't, uh, checked out, uh, RMC's, uh, channel on YouTube, uh, I, where, what are you been doing? He's, he's a superstar over there. He's a smooth bald Adonis like myself. Nice, nice facial hair. And he, uh, gets into it every week. And this is a selection of, of some of the more famous people he's interviewed during his tea breaks. You know, I was on that show one time, Brandon. It went as well as you'd expect. Uh, but uh, Neil's a real good guy. So uh, I'm looking forward to reading that. And that's, I think that book's also available if you go over to RMC's uh, area there. All right, Brent, what do you got there? It looks like, due to popular consensus, we are going to be playing pub games. 
Stuff pub like games. Games that you would play in a pub or bar. <clears throat> oh, I've already got one. <laughs> I need to finish this series anyway. This might be the time to do it. So let me ask you a question here, Brent. Yes. So is this so listen, I'm just gonna come out and say it. Can I play bar games for this? Because that's probably what I'm gonna do. <laughs> when you think when I think pub games, I think that game. Okay, you got to clean up the footage some, but okay. uh, <laughs> I'll work on that. That or maybe I'll pay something else. There's plenty of good stuff that will that will work in it. So good choice. Listen, I got to give the chat credit because they could have came up with some real stupid crap, but that's real good. No, actually, Excellent. there are there are a lot of suggestions here as I try to look around my glamour light uh, that will not probably working. become uh, <clears throat> wheel pieces. Oh, Brits! So you're horking all the chat's gimmicks here. Well, what else would chat choice or chat subject choice be for? Yet not to hork all of their brilliant goodness for myself. Yeah, I agree. By the way, I think we actually did shuttle puck cast cafe. Someone we mentioned have, that. Yes. And so if you go back through our, uh, if you go back through our archives for ARG presents, I'm, I'm fairly sure that one of us, I think it was me, picked shuttle puck cafe. Yeah, it was. Uh, I believe it was uh, Mouse Games. That's bam! Look at you. The glamour light's working. You look glamorous with that beard. <laughs> that is that's a beard so dark that light can't escape, Brent. That's one heck of a beard. Well, listen, uh, everybody. That would Thank- be ARG presents volume sixty. Oh my Mouse gosh! Well games. done. Well done. There you go. Work the back catalog, Brent. So we want to thank everyone for turning out. Thanks everybody for who showed up last night uh, for International Computer Club. Appreciate it, and for you. Uh, Incredible maniacs who showed up for that and this. You're double tough, my friends. You're I can give insane. you credit. Too That's much. right. We will be back next week with pub games. Should be a lot of fun. Until then, for hey. Thanks for joining us today. We really hope you enjoyed the show. Hello to our YouTube subscribers and our Twitch followers. A special thank you to Duncan Styles for our vector graphics and Bartbit for an amazing closing theme. Want to help keep ARG spinning for as little as a dollar a month? You can do so at our new Patreon at patreon.com slash ARG presents. Just like these fine folks. Ram, WFETKey, Rolo, Olaf Hope, Anthony Jarvis, Terry Howard, Gary Heather, John Schaller, The Slow Morris, Frodo NL, Steve Rasmussen, Bernhard Lucas, Chris Folds, Mitsuyama, Jason Warns, Rob Black O'Hara, Andy Craig, Dave Velociraptor, Retroalogy, Hermsky, John Dykeman, Jerry Dennington, Z9K9, and Mr. B. Don't want to explain another credit card bill? That's okay too. You can help us out by leaving us a positive review on Spotify or Apple iTunes. Have an idea for a wheel piece? Email it to us at argpresents at mail.com. We film live every Sunday, 10 a.m. EDT on Twitch. Hope to see you there. <laughs>